What's up? It's Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Thanks for listening to the Under the Hood podcast presented by Coors Light. Stay inside and buy your Coors Light online. Find out how at get.coorslight.com. Coors Light, take time to chill. It's Under the Hood. Follow us on the gram at IGJHood and at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is Chicago's home for sports, ESPN 1000. This is Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Weeknights at 7 right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. 312-332-ESPN-332-3776 is our telephone number. Coming up at 820, we will hear from the great Paul Feinbaum. Covers college football for ESPN and the SEC Network. We'll get his thoughts on what is going on with college football. Will it be on time? Uh, will there be college football in the spring? We will hear from Paul Feinbaum coming up at 820 right here on ESPN 1000. Also, Tales from the Hood, stories of sports, entertainment, everything else in between that comes your way at 830. But if it's 8 o'clock and it's under the hood, under the hood, 8 o'clock, 8 o'clock under the hood, I know. Do you know what's coming up now? It's the summertime, too. Let me look outside. Yes, it's summertime. It is, my friends. The summer of football. The summer of football. All you can ask for is another opportunity to play this game. It burns in me. On ESPN 1000. We don't know how many we got. I don't know how many I got. Make it count, boys. Holmes. Flushed out again. Turning the corner. Fires downfield. Caught. Touchdown. Only Mahomes. You throw the score. You run to win. Here's Saquon Buckley. And he's off to the races. The 30. The 20. The summer of football at eight. Here's a quick throw to Miller. Good throw. Touchdown. Fake to Armstrong. Run. Book five. Buckley to the end zone. Touchdown. Burrow's got time. Launching for the end zone. Jump ball. Touchdown. Terrence Marshall. The summer of football with Jonathan Hood. Yeah. That's my dog. On Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. My friends, it's the summer of football right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Oh boy, as I mentioned, every single weeknight at 8 o'clock, we give you something football, something fantasy, something NFL, something college, give you something NFL, something college, something fantasy. You never know what you're going to get from summer of football. Tonight, we look at a list. Oh, I love tears and I love a list when it comes to the NFL. So it came out today, NFL insiders. And by the way, this got Waddle fired up more than I thought it would. Oh man. I mean, he was fired up about the piece from ESPN.com. You can go to your app, go to your phone and see NFL future power rankings projections for all 32 teams for the next three years. So the NFL insiders to project which NFL franchises are the best are in the best shape for the next three seasons. We asked our panel of experts, Jeremy Fowler, Lewis Riddick, Seth Walder, and Field Yates to rate each team's quarterback, remaining non-quarterback roster, draft, front office, and coaching using this scale. A hundred is A plus, ninety is A. 
uh, 80 is B to very good. 70 is C to average, which I'm very familiar with in my days in school. Uh, D is 60, very bad. And 50 and below is an F, disastrous. After averaging the results from the panelists, each of the five categories was weighted to create the overall score. Roster, 30%. Quarterback, 20%. Draft, 15%. Front office, 15%. And coaching, 20%. So, this is right up my alley. To evaluate, as I always say, if you're listening to me for the first time, it's always good to evaluate your favorite team against the rest. When it comes to the Bears, you evaluate the Bears not only against the Packers, but against the Lions, the Vikings, and everything else in the NFC, and then the rest of the National Football League. Because that's the only way that you have perspective. If you're only focused on the Bears and the Packers, it's a myopic view. You'll never understand what's hot in the NFL, because very rarely the Bears are that hot team in the National Football League. So, and I open this up, and I crack this open, the future power rankings the next three years. Because it tells a great story, right? The NFL is about here and now, but it also is about your future. The number one team on this list was the Baltimore Ravens at an 89.4 score. 89.4 is eh, between very good and great, almost great. And what they talk about, and I want to be able to lay this out so you can understand where the Bears are. For overall roster, they get a number three ranking across the NFL. Quarterback three with Lamar Jackson. The coaching of five with Harbaugh. The draft number three in front office number one. Number one for front office. The Kansas City Chiefs, who just won the Super Bowl, are number two. You take a look at what they have with Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. You see what they are from a coaching standpoint with Andy Reid with uh, number two rank. The draft was 10, front office four. The San Francisco 49ers, just in the Super Bowl, fell short. Number one as far as overall roster minus the quarterback. They're 12th rank with the quarterback. Coaching four, draft four, front office was a seventh. Uh, ranked overall, but they're number three. So the upper echelon teams the next three years, Ravens, Chiefs, 49ers, Saints are fourth in this list. Cowboys are fifth over the next three years, which I find interesting that the Cowboys are fifth in this list. So you move forward and you get to the Eagles, the Steelers, the Seahawks, the Buccaneers, and the Colts. That rounds out your top ten. Good night, everybody. So long, Eric. That's it. But wait, wait, wait. <laughs> oh, no. What about our around? lovable bears? Oh, okay. So I, I have to scroll down because I got to find the Titans at 11. And, you know, that's a good spot for the Titans. They solidified their quarterback and their quarter their quarterback and their running back in Tannehill uh, as well as Derrick Henry. So that's solidified from a contract standpoint. You get to Minnesota. Now, there's your first NFC North team, right? So out of all these teams, the next three years, the Vikings are number 12 on this list with Zimmer. Who knows if Zimmer is going to be there in three years. But the point is, is that both sides of the football pretty solid, including Kirk Cousins as an above-average quarterback. The Patriots are 13th. Even though this polling took place prior to Cam Newton signing, people still gave Bel- Belichick the benefit of the doubt at 13. Bills at 14. Packers are 15th on this list. So they were 12th in the overall roster, NFL rank, minus the quarterback. Their quarterback ranking was 7th, coaching 18th with LaFleur, 28 in the draft, and 14 in front office. So there's your Packers at 15, Browns 16 the next three years, Chargers 17, Rams 18, 
the Las Vegas Raiders 19 and the Falcons are tied for 20th with the Miami Dolphins. All right, so Eric, what are we doing next here as boy. we go through? What? So, boy, we're 20 through here, huh? Oh, I got to keep going. Okay, I see what you're saying. You're telling me to keep going. Yeah, I'm trying, I'm trying okay. to find <laughs> where my bears are at on this list. We're already 20 deep. Well, nice. and, and, now, before I even get there, right, so in three years, you know, Dolphins are, tw- are at the bottom, right? And so, as I always tell you, you can be at the top of the heap like Kansas City or at the bottom like Miami, but you know your direction. But when you're middle, it sucks, right? So those are the top 20 I just gave you. Now, let me get to the Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals are 22nd on this list. Texans are 23rd. That says a lot for Bill O'Brien and for Deshaun Watson. I find that interesting. Um, their front office is ranked 32nd, dead last in the NFL, by the way. Um, 24 is the Broncos. 25, there's your Lions right there. Lions... 25th in the front office, 28th overall rank, minus the quarterback uh, as far as their overall roster, 10th of the quarterback with Stafford, 30th in coaching, uh, 13th in the draft. Washington, no nickname, just Washington, 26th, and you have no idea what that is in three years. You don't know if Haskins is going to be the man or not under Ron Rivera. We will find out, but they're 26th in this list. Bengals are 27th on this list. The Jets are 28th in this list. The Giants are 29th. That's bad for New York with the Jets and Giants in the next three years. It's going to be crap, but that's how it is on this list in the next three years. And number 30 is the Carolina Panthers. All right. All right, coming up next, wait, we wait, talk wait, about wait. the – So there's, there's, I believe there's, what, 32 teams in the NFL? Oh. So we got two more teams, and we still oh. haven't gotten to the Bears. I didn't say the Bears yet? No, somehow oh. somehow we're at 30, I believe, oh. and, and we're oh. not there yet. I was pitching to Feinbaum there. I beg your pardon. <laughs> 31st, Eric, the Chicago Bears. <sighs> Yikes. You know what? Let me tell you something. Uh, if I wanted to cover the Jaguars as an NFL team, I would pack my bags and live in Jacksonville. Uh, like, like this is, it, 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 again, this is just based on opinion. But when you look at what has been written here on ESPN.com, the overall roster minus Trubisky or Foles is 20th. The quarterback is 31st as far as their NFL rank. 22nd in coaching. 32nd in the draft. Is looking at you, Ryan Pace. 30th in the front office. The, according to Field Yates, the Bears enter the 2020 uh, with a quarterback competition in their hands with Foles and Trubisky. Will vie for their starting duties. Um, being ranked this low is not a reflection of where the team probably will finish in 2020. There is enough reason to think that Chicago can hang around a while in the NFC North with good quarterback play, but a reflection on some recent major personnel decisions. GM Ryan Pace handpicked Trubisky and has been very heavy-handed at times in free agency. Jimmy Graham mortgaged the draft uh, capital for a win-now approach. Uh, The biggest worry from Lewis Riddick Many uh, things are in place in Chicago. Solid coaching staff, strong defense, improved skill position players, and offensive line that has some good pieces uh, to improve. But the quarterback competition will decide the fate of this franchise. Um, Fowler talks about this one's pretty simple. The quarterbacks in the roster are not guaranteed to be long-term answers. And Waltler says, Foles cap hit. Listen to this. I don't want to just glaze over this. Foles cap hit is more than six times what New England will pay Cam Newton this year. Six times. Yikes. 
now. And, and of course, Jacksonville's 32nd. But, but here's the thing, Eric. If, if your future is 31st, the 31st best team in the NFL, that means that somehow you're just going to have to rebuild. And you can't do that in the NFL. Like, I'm against Jacksonville, who, who got rid of their pieces. You can't. You can do that in baseball if you want, Miami Marlins. You can do that if you want in the NBA, you know, Bulls or whatever team, Suns, Sacramento. But you can't do that in the National Football League. That just You cannot rebuild on the fly like that. And, and it, the strength always, traditionally, is the Bears' defense. Offensively speaking, if the Bears underachieve this year, the next couple of years, once again, that's a, look, a bad look for Ryan Pace and also a bad look of a team that just once again cannot find that quarterback. I mean, there are teams that are struggling, like the Jets and the Giants, that have their quarterback in place. They just have to be able to build around that quarterback. But with the Bears, the win-now approach, you like the aggressiveness, but if you are aggressive and you and you fail to reach your goal of getting to the Super Bowl or winning it, then tomorrow's not promised. And a perfect example of that is... 12 and 4 a couple of years ago, 8 and 8 this year where you have slippage defensively, uh where you don't have the smoke and mirrors of the offensive playbook from Nagy in year 1 and now here you are in this upcoming season. Who knows? This is why they're ranked 31st, Eric, is because the great unknown. You know Foles is not the long-term answer, and neither is Trubisky. And so the most important position on the field, quarterback, if you don't have a young person in place, someone that is going to take the franchise for the future, then this is what you get. you got a good defense and Robinson and not a lot of weapons around him, and that's a problem for any team in the NFL. The reason I don't necessarily, as much as it sucks, the reason I don't necessarily disagree with them being damn near the bottom of the NFL in this is in three years from now, uh, like it's very realistic to say that they'll have a new quarterback, a new head coach and a new GM, because in those three, in in the next year or two, if those three don't turn things around, I don't see them staying here. So then it's just a big question mark. Then it goes, what is this team? That defense that's been dominant is going to be older. Hicks is going to be older. Yeah. Trevathan's going to be older. Like it's going to age the defense. So in these three years, if they don't make it happen, that's when they're going to start tapering off as well. And like Mac will be gone. Yep. You know, like like all the key components defensively will be gone, and then what? Remember, the defense is the strength of the team. We could look at the top ten players on this roster for the Bears and pick out seven guys at the very least, at the very least defensively. And but again, those guys don't score. Okay, you're not special on special teams, so you don't have like a Hester to make up uh, some of your issues offensively. And so when Allen Robinson is your t- that may maybe the tenth best wide receiver in the NFL. That's one component, but someone's got to get him the ball. And who's on the other side? And so you get Komet as a tight end, and you and he has to grow in that position. But Komet is not the reason why you're going to get to the Super Bowl. He can't be the only reason. There's got to be other weapons around him. the running game with Montgomery. That the jury's still out there, but all of that is wrapped up in the quarterback. There was a time, Eric, that you could just be able to have a below-average quarterback to just hand the ball off or throw five-yard passes and just let the talent run for itself. A lot of talent over the years, back in the day, would just be able to kind of mask the issues you'd have with a quarterback. But you can't do that today. You in have to order be able to, to find do it. that today, like look at look at the, the 49ers did a pretty good job on covering up Garoppolo's warts, and the way they did that is Kyle yep. Shanahan is the most creative run design in the league. 
And we saw last year with a quarterback who has even more warts than Garoppolo, Nagy couldn't create any semblance of a run game at all. So if they had above-average run game with that defense, they would compete for the division. But there's no proof right now that Nagy can do that. But then the line sucks. That, that, that too. And the line is, is average at, at best. That's a stretch. I mean, J.D. says like they need to change the entire line. He doesn't believe any, in anybody on the line. That's, that says a lot. Like if you like, we can blame it, put it all at Trubisky's feet, but also the offensive line is not has not been strong enough. So it just you know, the the uh, the square peg in the round hole with the Kansas City playbook with guys that are not from Kansas City. <laughs> That's simply what it is. Think about all those teams I mentioned. All those teams. There's teams in the middle. There's teams that are rebuilding. There's teams that are are bridesmaids that will never be able to get to the top, like the the Cowboys or. The Steelers, possibly. I don't think Roethlisberger's going to win another championship. Or Carson Wentz, who played with accountants and garbage men offensively, and they still were able to get to where they need to be. Why? Because of scheme. And just and look at the Bears. 31st. That's the worst pull I've ever seen the Bears in. 31st. Down there with Jacksonville. <laughs> like, if I, wanted to, if I wanted to cover the NFL team in Jacksonville, I would get property in Duval County. This is crazy. Oh, that's pretty bad. But this is, I mean, again, it's, it's an opinion. And I know it probably hurt Lewis Rick's heart because I know he loves the Bears so much. But this is what it is. It's not great. Paul Feinbaum on the future for college football. Will we have it this season, this year? Find out next on UTH. You're listening to Under the Hood. Get the ESPN Chicago app for podcasts and the live stream from anywhere, anywhere, anywhere. Download in the app store today. This is ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. If you're kinky, we got something for you for Tales from the Hood coming up in our next half hour here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. Don't forget the baseball show presented by Goose Island Beer Company, by the way. Um, at 6 o'clock every night before, after Waddle and Sylvie, I'm on with the baseball show, taking your calls in the Cubs and Sox, and whoa, tomorrow. Oh, oh, oh tomorrow at 6. It's going to be lit. I know Sox fans going to come in chesty, um, especially with the uh, Sox leading 5 nothing in their uh, exhibition game against the Cubs. It's going to be interesting. Uh, so we'll have our show as we do every night after Waddle and Sylvie, the baseball show. Uh, you can follow along on Twitter at ESPN MLB Show. We're in the middle of our summer of football segment, and Jeff Dickers and I got a chance to talk to the voice of college football, Paul Feinbaum from SEC Network and ESPN, joined us to talk about what college football could look like uh, this upcoming fall. Jonathan, college sports just all over the map. You've got the Big Ten and Pac-12 going to play conference-only games in football. No word yet from the SEC. Ivy League has canceled their fall sports. A-10, Patriot League have all canceled their fall sports. Seems like everyone has some different agendas here. It's great to bring on Paul Feinbaum from the SEC Network, also host of the Paul Feinbaum Show. Paul, thank you so much for giving us some time. Should there be someone at the NCAA level to step in and take control here and set some blanket policy instead of all these conferences doing what they want to do by themselves? Well, theoretically, there there should be, but 
Many, many years ago, the NCAA lost control of college football. It was a famous uh, Supreme Court case, not to go into it in great detail. Uh, but as a result of that, uh, college football gained independence. And currently, which is where we are right now, the five uh, Power Five commissioners run college football. And interestingly, the NCAA has virtually no authority other than governance, meaning they, they control eligibility questions, uh, they can sanction uh, some bowl game in uh, in the Philippines, but they but they really have no say whatsoever in perhaps the most important decision in the in the history of college football, and that's whether to play the twenty twenty season. Paul, what is the likelihood in our lifetime that we're going to see the Power Five secede from the NCAA? We're seeing it in in some ways now, but when do you think it'll ever happen officially? I think soon, very soon, and I think what we're what we're going through right now could be the the ultimate tipping point. Uh, however, this ends up, uh, I think the fr- the friction uh, between the the Power Five and the NCAA has never been higher, and they are so fractured right now that I think you'll you know, once once all of this settles. And and by the way, what I mean by that is whatever happens this season. Uh, is going to impact college athletics for some time, especially if there isn't a season uh, from an economic standpoint. So I think once everybody catches their breath, I, uh, I think you'll see a move because the NCAA has been a complete disaster on some of the most critical issues, especially the name, image, and likeness uh, debate. That, that They have resisted that. Uh, there, there's a there's a continual move to professionalize college football, especially now when you have players out there risking a, a great deal. And, and for what? It's not like the NBA where you're making $30 million a year and you, and you catch COVID. Uh, well, it's too bad. Hopefully you'll be okay, but, but, but you are getting compensated. These, these, these young people are not getting compensated anything, and they're risking a considerable amount. So I, I think – could be a year or two, but I think at some point uh, you're, you're going to see a, a big bang uh, effect of, of college athletics, and the NCAA will, you know, may, it may still be in existence, but it won't be with the big the big guys. Paul Feinbaum's with us on Dickerson and Hood at ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Paul, could Mark Emmert do anything to restore faith in the NCAA? No. It's <laughs> uh, funny you ask me that. Um, you know, it's interesting during during the pandemic. The, the, the one thing he did, he canceled he canceled not only the NCAA basketball tournament, but 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 spring sports, uh, which he had no choice. Every, after Rudy Gobert, everybody was canceling. It wasn't like he, he did anything brave. And and beside that, he has, literally has not been seen. Uh, I mean, he he came up for air Thursday night uh, and issued uh, this bogus statement uh, about things are not looking good. It, it reminded me of the Groundhog on February 2nd, sticking his head out for uh, 15 seconds and dropping off a statement whether spring would be coming in, in six weeks or longer. And and I think he's really been damaged by it. Uh, I know I've, I've spoken to every college, uh, Power 5 commissioner uh, during this pandemic, and while they don't say it directly, uh, they, they do in, in, insinuate it. And probably the most interesting comment came up Thursday in, our, in, a, in a conversation we had with Mac Brown at, at North Carolina, he, he said what many have have, have said pr- prior, but no one is of his ilk, saying college football needs a commissioner. It needs a czar. It needs someone to take control because there is absolutely no 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 effort, uh, no faith any longer in Mark Emmert. And I mean, this is a you know, president of the NCAA is a powerful position. It's the most powerful position in intercollegiate athletics, and and the fact that he has, be, has been so ineffective and powerless during this crisis speaks to not only uh, his worth, but the worth of the position itself. 
Paul, when you're asking some college football coaches things outside of college football, sometimes the quotes become a little clunky. Uh, it's not about X's and O's. It's not about recruiting. So it's, sometimes it's it's not perfect. But I, I thought it was interesting to hear from Ed Ogeron, the LSU coach, as he talked to Vice President Pence and says that we need football, I guess meaning we need college football. Um, do you feel the same way? Uh, do, we, do we need football during this COVID-19? I don't feel that strongly about it. And, and I'm someone who whose program primarily lives and, and dies off of college football. I, I think we, we need some some semblance of sanity here, but we, but at what cost? And I, I think that's to be determined. Um, it goes back to you know, the, the debate going on right now. You know, why why do we have professional golf and NASCAR and the NBA and, and MLB? Because these are professionals, and, and I, I still think we have, we have to cross that bridge at some point very soon, whether or not it's worth young people uh, to risk uh, whatever they're going to risk. And by the way, I don't know what it is. Um, and, and every every doctor has a different opinion. Uh, and, and by the way, every commissioner and every coach has a different protocol. And that's why co- college football, to me, is so complicated. It's you know, The NBA has laid it out, what they, what they need to do. They, they also have $150 million to build the bubble. Uh, and College football doesn't have that. Now, does Alabama have it? Does Notre Dame? Sure. They can afford to do whatever they have to do, but but that's that's why you're seeing the Ivy and the Patriot and and countless other leagues say we can't deal with it right now. Maybe spring, maybe never, um, but but not right now. So I, I understand what what O said uh, in 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 spirit. Uh, he he meant well, but uh, at at some point you have to draw the line on safety. Paul, thank you so much for giving us time. Please enjoy the rest of your weekend. Okay. It was a pleasure, guys. Thank you. Follow us on the gram at IGJHook and at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. What do you got there? This is your car. My car? I said a 10-second car, not a 10-minute car. Pop the hood. Pop the hood? Pop the hood. Tales from the Hood with Jonathan Hood. On ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Here we go. Time for Tales from the Hood. Stories of sports, entertainment, everything else in between. And the executive producer of Under the Hood is uh, Eric Ostrowski. And Eric already gave us uh, Tales from the Hood back on the 16th of July on his Twitter feed. And I said, you know, would you just put out there? Yeah, we need to bring that to the show. So what do you have? So, as listeners know, we love maps of the U.S. where each little state, it's like Halloween candy for each state and all that. Well, one popped up on my timeline, and it is the most common fetishes per state. Yes. All right. It's like, I don't even know where to start with this. Well, start start home first, and then we work okay. our way out. Uh, in Illinois, we're actually pretty... Uh, Pretty, pretty vanilla when it comes to the rest of the country. Our, um, in Illinois, the most common fetish is role play. So a yeah. little nurse outfit, I'm the patient, all that stuff. A little farmer outfit, maybe. <laughs> a little farmer in the Dell. If you're there expression. we go. Okay. Indiana and Nevada have something in common, do they not? I, this one, I don't even get as I don't even know how this is a fetish. All it says is armpits. For Nevada and Indiana, <laughs> their most common fetish is armpits. 
Okay. <sighs> so let's break this down. Eric, does that mean that people yes. are into each other's armpits or having sex with armpits? I, I think it's the latter, but I'm not. Maybe it's the smell. Maybe they really like the. the uh. I don't. I, none of it is appeasing to me. So I can't even begin to think what a fetish with armpits. I mean, I guess I could surmise that it would be having sex with armpits. I don't know. <laughs> I don't even like saying that. I really what do you, don't. What do you get out of that? <laughs> so, B.O. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is that the equivalent of putting your hand in your armpit and making a, a sound? Oh, see, that's is a, a, <laughs> is that a thing? <laughs> what if it makes that sound? <laughs> <laughs> is that what it is now? It's like, oh, my is gosh. That, do that again, baby. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's so strange. Like, you're doing something with armpits for sure. I don't know what it is, though. And I um, wonder, like... I, I would hope it's it's the girls' armpits because guys are are hairier and smellier. Some I don't women, know. Some women are into that. <laughs> yes, apparently. Uh, uh, Wisconsin is is it say sports? Game? Yeah. I, what like what are they that in love with Favre and Rogers that they just put on <laughs> a Favre jersey and let's go? Okay. All right. There was a time where you looked at a woman with a hawk sweater or with a basketball jersey and thought. She was kind of hot, right? Because she wore uh, some kind of sports gear, right? I'll say I've always thought it was attractive when girls wear a hat. If they can pull off a hat, then that means they're an attractive, good-looking woman. But turn backwards or to the side. Usually to the side, that works for me. If it's banged to the side, it depends on the per- if they can. It depends on the girl. However, she can pull it off. But maybe it, I don't know. <laughs> sports gear, though. I know. Like, let me get my girdle on. I'm ready, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Hey, do me a favor. Put on that Packers jersey. <laughs> you know your hat when you have the Packers jersey and you've got the black belt around your waist. You know I'm a big fan. You play center, I'll play quarterback. Let's go. <laughs> I can only get it done if you would wear a Packers jersey. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, put on the Rodgers. Yeah, if there it doesn't say Rodgers, I'm not getting there, man. <laughs> so... What else do we have here? There was so weird. Okay, so West Washington. Virgin- no, go ahead. You, okay, I, was West, Ver- I was West and you were East. Yeah, we did. So West Virginia and Pennsylvania. Again, this is one that's over my head. It just says balloons. So I don't know if that's sucking helium and talking dirty in a high pitched voice. I, I I don't know what a balloon could be. You know what? I don't. That's over my head. I don't know how a fetish. How balloons could be a fetish? I have no idea. Balloons doing what to in a balloon? <laughs> no, I don't know. Like I know that's how people smuggle drugs. So may- maybe it's uh, some sort of balloon up the butt thing. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't a know. balloon <laughs> up the butt. Um, so I'm a, I'm not west here because we get the common ones like Washington State is into gagging. Gagging is a mm-hmm. fetish. Used underwear that in is, Oregon. That's disgusting. Is that or- yeah, it's yes, Oregon? Yeah, that's Oregon. <laughs> used underwear. Dirty used underwear. Some are into that, man. I, I mean, yeah, that I one wa- makes more sense than armpits to me. I want you to work out and work out real good. <laughs> and then, oh, so good when you work out. Like the, the smell of underwear, used yeah. underwear. Um, Idaho's into erotic electrostimulation. All right. I mean, maybe. What do you mean? All right. What do you mean? What do you mean? All right. What a little, does that mean? a little electric shock therapy, if you may. 
Montana is into sadism. There's bondage up there in the in the, in the, yep. in the uh, in Wyoming. Well. Yeah, all Wyoming. the lonely people. Okay, so California is wax play. I'm assuming that means like candle wax, pouring candle wax on people. Oh, I'm guessing. Oh God, no, I can't do that. No, I mean, again, where's where's the pleasure in that? Wax play. That's <laughs> nasty. No, that I mean that are that's, that's harsh. Madame Tussauds is in California, so maybe people are taking advantage of the wax figures. I we don't swing, know. We swing over. I feel like we're weathermen here. We swing <laughs> over to Arizona and New Mexico. Arizona's up into latex, and New Mexico's in the chastity belts. Now, a chastity belt is one that like doesn't allow you access, right? If I remember right, isn't it kind of like a lock and key on the underwear? That is correct. So why is that a fetish? They like being blocked at all times. I don't know. I never. Did I see a chastity belt on, on uh, Breaking Bad? Because they were based in New Mexico. I don't remember, <laughs> I don't remember seeing that. Walt was into some stuff, too. <laughs> Better call Saul. Was there a chastity belt? <laughs> I don't believe Saul. Anyway, uh, whipping is in Texas, of course. Yeah, I mean, they all have whips for their, for their cows and their, uh, and their horses. Uh, let me see what else. I don't know what this is for Oklahoma. Impact play. <laughs> That's, uh, is that violent? Are we getting violent together? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just tweeted at Jim Ross. He's in Norman right now. I should ask Jr. Hey, what's impact play? Impact play. Let me tell you. This is what you do. You put the one leg up. You see, <laughs> he's got a detailed then, description. <laughs> it's just like I don't know. I just tweeted at Jim Ross. I should ask him. What is impact play sexually? Um, what is? Could you ask me? Could you tell me this? What is going on in Michigan? That's yeah, a humiliation. That that is the mm, humiliation. Just talk talk bad about me tell me how oh, little it is and how God. fat i am oh right is that like that depressed of a state up there oh god humiliate me baby i'm disgusting i'm disgusting look at me i'm disgusting <laughs> tell me i'm disgusting like what humiliation like twitter would be be much cheaper yeah than- <laughs> <laughs> they can't go on twitter because their pants are just sopping wet <laughs> Oh, God. So what's going on in in, uh, Ohio? It says, and again, if you're just joining us, the common fetishes per state on uh, Tales from the Hood. We got role play in in Illinois, armpits in Indiana, and in Nevada. Uniforms, Ohio. So that would, I'm assuming, like, dressing up like a cop or a soldier. I I would would assume anyone in uniform. I've heard that one before. I've heard, like, women are attracted to men in uniform. To me, that's role play, though, right? Yeah. I don't think I would ever do that. <laughs> Too lazy for all that. <laughs> no, I got to go buy the uniform. <laughs> oh, it doesn't fit. I got to go return the uniform. Out uh, on the, in New England, foot fetish, uh, and I get that. I mean, Rex Ryan's into that. He's people, on people the record. Like that. Yep. Yeah. He, and which he, and he, he laughs at himself. I like, know. Yeah. He does. He's it's into great. his wife's feet. That's fine. New Hampshire. Uh, I don't know what that one is. What's that sounding. Sounding. So. The audible, the audio of sex like that? Is it that? Sounding. That's, I don't know what that is. I don't know. They're, they're in the woods there, so maybe they like like bears <laughs> growling. I, what is sounding? <laughs> I don't know. Could you tell me what this is? Um, I'm looking at this. Uh, let's see. Arkansas, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia. So that's Alabama. Is that say Yoni Egg? Yeah, I don't know what that is. Um, maybe a toy of some sort. I don't. Oh. That's my guess, but I don't know what that is. You know what? Uh, 
I know exactly what that is. Actually, I didn't know that's what it was called, but now I know <laughs> what that is. Florida is surprisingly tame. Piercings. Piercings. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I figured it'd be something way out there, like dogs or something. <laughs> and lastly, uh, let's see. Is that Pennsylvania with leather? Uh, that's New York. That New York. New York with leather. Yeah. All right, fine. That's just too hot for me. I need something that breathes. <laughs> I need something that breathes. This is just unbelievable. What do we have up here? Is that, uh, see, we don't have the actual state names. I'm just I know, going it's by. Kind of just, so, and so arrows can, pointing. Yeah. Uh, someone's got nylons up there. Is that Rhode Island? What is that up there? What's it? Uh, uh, I can't tell where it's. Is either that or Massachusetts? Nylons, huh? Like I, long I'm, stockings? Of course. Okay, that seems like something from 1940. Yeah. Hey, baby, there. Uh, Red Sox just won. Put on your nylons. <laughs> oh, God, you look so hot in your nylons there. <laughs> like, oh, God. Thanks, Tommy. Tommy boy. Loves his nylons. Yes. And that, oh, oh, um, one other one. Yep. Uh, that's not Kentucky. No, I think it is Kentucky. Scene play? I, I, I don't know what that is. Kentucky? Uh, yeah, it's Kentucky. Scene play. Um, I. I, I, to me, that's role playing again. But a whole, a whole drawn out scene. They have to script it. They got lines. Oh, you know what? I think, I think you're right. I think it's um, so doing it's the, lines the, of a the movie. F- the first like three minutes to every porn. <laughs> you see Alaska's down there. We can't say that one. You can't say that one. I well, was let's just say it. the whole hand. <laughs> a whole state's into that one. That's so. I looked at that and just and shielded my eyes. It's like, really? You're into that? The whole hand, huh? Don't stop like, at the wrist. Oh, my God. That's so strange. Like, really? I didn't notice that when I was in Alaska. <laughs> I didn't notice that when I was in Fairbanks. Uh, and, and by the way, the, is that the, gosh, it looks like North Carolina. Who's, who's, what's this with the suits? Uh, yeah, that's so Tennessee and North Carolina. Yeah. Apparently, they like a well-dressed man in a tux, and or a or like a, a Hillary Clinton suit, or a nice pants woman. Yeah, yeah, I guess in suits. How many how many Tennesseans own a nice suit? <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's weird. I think the guys want the women in suits, like a full suit, man, for role play. I guess, and then humiliate them if you're in Michigan. <laughs> <at the> same time, <laughs> that is tail for the hood. Before we're kicked off here, right here on ESPN 1000. By the way, if you're just wondering, uh, see, North Dakota, South Dakota's into group sex, and so is Iowa, if you're just wondering. Group sex. There's not much to do out there, so they kind of hang out together. I have to find out about this impact play and this edge play. Agreed. Find edge play is Minnesota, by the way. I, I know what that is. That's getting... Right to the point, and then stopping, oh, and then stopping. Edg- oh, edging? Yep. Oh, that's Get nonsense. There and then stopping. Oh, that's nonsense. That sounds like no fun. No. Come on, Minnesota. It's like Minnesota. going to the tailgate, but not the game. <laughs> I am almost there, but I'm not going there. <laughs> so like, can't no. do it. <laughs> Twins game is on, so we're just going to do a little. <laughs> what? Get me. Be better, Skull. Be better. Tales from the Hood, uh, right here, uh, ESPN 1000. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Follow on Twitter at TweetJHood. Oh, man. Well, Eric, we have learned some things over the uh, during the break here. 
Yeah, our research team came back with some answers. Oh, some stuff. You have to look it up. We find out what sounding is, and that is uh, tough. So we were looking at a chart of the most common fetishes per state in that, but it's uh, a couple of those things are really interesting and odd. And painful. Uh, Okay. How about this story? My cousin uh, put this out on Facebook. Uh, a A police issue warrant for a Louisiana woman who's 29 who shot her boyfriend because he refused to argue with her. <laughs> so, Jenna Lawrence, police have issued a warrant for the 29-year-old Jenna Lawrence. She's been charged with attempted second-degree murder. She's accused of shooting her estranged boyfriend because he allegedly refused to argue with her around 7.30 on Saturday morning in Shreveport, Louisiana. Shreveport police found a 34-year-old man suffering from a gunshot wound upon arriving to the scene. He's in critical condition. Uh, Lawrence may have fled to Dallas, where she's from. Um, But that is the story, that a warrant has been out for this woman because the husband or the boyfriend did not want to argue with her. She needs to sign up for some, like, MMA classes or something. I mean... She's got that much anger inside her. (sighs) Wow. All right. I mean, these are stories that just come across here. They're just uh, amazing. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, uh, we're keeping our eyes on the Cubs and White Sox as well. And don't forget the baseball show takes place at 6 o'clock tomorrow and every night after Waddle and Sylvia right here on ESPN uh, 1000. The Sox are in the lead 5-0 as we sign off here at the top of the seventh inning. And, boy, what a a display of power from Aloy Jimenez. Uh, and off of you, Darvish. And by the way, here's a topic for tomorrow. I know it's just a practice game, but the idea that the Cubs waved the white flag and would not allow Darvish to finish that frame. What is, what's that now? What, what, what's the mercy rule there? What's that all about? That's literally baseball is what that is. No, finish the, no, finish the frame like a man. What is this? What, what is this? Five runs, that's enough. Uh, if you're going to pull him, pull him. But that's not what happened. What happened was is that they said, we're not going to finish the frame. And then the inning was just over. They ended the inning with two outs. Just, eh, Darvish, you'll get him next inning. <laughs> Wait a minute. And he settled down nicely after that, but that's not the point. The point is that that's not what I expected. That's not what I expected. So I just thought that that was uh, very odd. Keiko had a really good outing. He went five innings, one hit, only 55 pitches. That, you know... One of the things that I've talked about a lot, and I know you're tired of me saying this, but I got to say one more time for maybe some of our new listeners, is it was important as the Sox kicked the ball around and they stopped focusing after being up 5 nothing. That defense looks bad. Um, it was important for the White Sox to be able to find their John Lester. Remember, the, the, the Cubs, I can make this statement, the Cubs probably don't win the World Series without John Lester. I think that's without hedging. I'll say that Lester was the linchpin to all of this, and, and so in 2015, Lester could have went anywhere, but he trusted Theo Epstein, and so he comes to the Cubs, and he was the beginning of the winning. He was the number one starter in that on that team, and the Cubs end up winning the World Series. But just like the same thing with Dallas Keuchel, it's a three-year deal, sure, and sure, Giolito's already there, but you have to have aces in the in the starting rotation that you could depend on that can go long for you. And I think that Keiko could be that same guy for this White Sox team. Not Maybe if not this year, definitely for the future. Real quick, I, this just came across a timeline from Ben yeah. Fox, who does the gambling for ESPN. Yeah. Right now at the White Sox 20-1 to 1 World Series odds, 
the most bets in Vegas for World Series winner has been on the White Sox 20 to 1 now. That's crazy. That's hard to think that we're there now. <laughs> we thank you for listening and being part of the program here on ESPN 1000. Thanks to uh, Nick Friedel and Paul Feinbaum for being with us. Eric Ostrowski on the other side of the glass. Let's do this tomorrow, starting at 6 with the baseball show, then under the hood at 7, right here on Chicago's Home for Sports.